yesterday we began talking about uh, the uh, soul that prospers. Uh, healing is for the prosperous soul. And, and uh, the process of allowing your soul to enrich itself in the word of God. We talked about what the word prosper really means. And, and often we have taken it to mean money. You know, I know most people would that, that teach on uh, prosperity uh, from God's word, you know, financial prosperity. Well, you ain't getting no money till you know how to spend it. Not from God. I don't know who else you get your money from, but you ain't getting none from him. I tried it. Amen. Amen. I tried every which way. Amen. He was harder to get money from than my husband was. Seriously. You know, that's a, I, I went to the school of female tricks. I am the dean, I am the principal student, and I am the <laughs> teacher. <laughs> I taught myself. Amen. And so, you know, I'm in the graduate level. When, when he left to be go home and be with the Lord, I was at the graduate level of female tricks. But I can tell you one thing, God ain't never been to any of them. He only uh, responds to his word and faith in his word. Crying and bawling and carrying on will not get you nowhere with God. You must go through the straight gate. Amen. But I can tell you a lot of these people who claim they got a prophecy to be millionaires, you check back with them later and see if any of them got that million dollars. Amen. Because it's more than just wishing and hoping and and someone, you know, if 10% could get you a million dollars, we'd all have it. You got me? And so we need to understand, it ain't like people keep telling us it is. Now, God will take care of you. He will prosper you. But but you've got to set your hand at something. You've got to be in the will of God. And you've got to have the character of his son. You've got to, you've got to be where God wants you to be in life. You are a steward, not just a recipient. Amen. Of anything God puts in your hands, you are required to show good stewardship over it. And the more you're like his son, the better steward you are. And Jesus wasn't excited about money. Somebody showed him a coin. He said, whose picture is that on there? That ain't my money. If it was his, his picture would have been on it, right? He said, that money belongs to Caesar. So get at to him. You give me what belongs to me. Amen. And so it's it's that way with God. The world's goods don't turn him on. He doesn't mind his kids having them as long as we're not turned on a lot by the world's goods. Amen. Because he has so much better for us. Your faith in God will give you command over everything that this earth produces. Why? Because the earth is his and everything in it belongs to him. And we are his heirs. Amen. We inherit the world. Adam had it. Didn't Adam run the world? He owned the whole world. God gave it to him. He said, get down there, run it. I'll check in with you every afternoon and we'll make plans and and go from there. And Satan stole it from Adam. Jesus got it back. Amen. And we're joint heirs with him. So don't think God is is withholding something from you or you not smart enough to handle it. 
you know, it's, it's drug addicts on dope that have more money than the average Christian does. I'm going to say that again because, you know, this poppy in my beard, I mean, sound check, sound check. I thought, I thought it was, yeah, that's right. Amen. Amen. I said there's, there's drug addicts that handle more money than the average Christian does. And they ain't real smart. If they was real smart, they wouldn't be on drugs. So you know God trusts his children with, with money. The Holy Spirit lives in you. You're in the word, doing what God wants you to do, and you don't covet. Amen. The world's good. You look at that and say, man, that's passing away. I think I'll go out and win some souls. Then I can take to heaven with me. You got me? That's how we live. Amen. That's how we live. And if God will gift you and entrust you with more wealth, then so be it. I mean, it's for his glory anyway. Whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God is what the word of God says. So God has no problem prospering us, but we must do it his way. We've got to get first things first. And the first thing he wants us to do is for our souls to prosper. Amen. Because we're born in sin and shaped in iniquity. We suffer the same brain damage that the devil did. You understand what I'm saying? When when you're not saved, you don't think right. You don't want right. You don't act right. You're not consistent in anything except messing up. Amen. We are most of, I don't know about you. I mean, I've died to that a long time ago, but I had a pretty consistent track record in messing stuff up. Amen. And so, so we, we must understand that God wants us to be healed in our souls. Amen. That, that's got to get fixed up. Other than that, we don't think like God. He wants us to, to be friends with His mind, with His thoughts, with His ways of doing things, with His desires. The things that we want should be the things that He wants and He wants for us. The things that we, we hold dear, you know. Uh, uh, the reason God said thou shalt not steal is because he ain't a thief. His kids don't steal because they're like him. He said, be imitators of God like dear children. Amen. Amen. You know, many, many times parents will be shocked at what they, their kids know how to do. You know, and if you think about it, you've been doing it and they've been watching you. Amen. That'll put, that'll send a little shockwave through you because then you think, well, man, I better straighten up here. Some stuff I'm, I'm doing ain't real kosher, but I'm working on it. Amen. And, and, and so, yeah, dear children, children who love their parents will watch them, imitate them, do the things that they do. Amen. For good or for bad. That's why God wants to heal our souls. So that we'll do good in front of our offspring. We'll teach them the right way. We'll teach them good things, things that will prosper them. And so to prosper, we said yesterday, means to fare well, to cause to thrive. When God prospers you, he's causing you to thrive. What does that mean? That you're continual, there's a continual growth in you. There's a continual desire for more understanding, more peace, more of the good things that God has in store for us, more of his character, more of his understanding of things, more of his um, ability. Amen. You want God's ability. We we always say we want his power. Well, you got to have enough sense to learn how to shoot the gun. 
You understand what I'm saying? You don't aim it at your own head. Amen. So, so we have to grow in the character of God as well as receiving his gifts, receiving his power, receiving his ability. It all grows together. Amen. Uh, God gives his power to people who humble themselves to him and who use it as at his discretion by unction and not by just going off doing stuff. Amen. I was chatting with, uh, Miss Jan and she was sharing with me about some of her experiences going out and witnessing. And uh, anybody who knows her, if you've gone out and witnessed with her on the streets, you know she's very bold and she's not shy about anything. Well, that's an unction she gets from God. That ain't put on. That's not something she made up to do. Amen. That's something she gets from God. And he releases it through her for his glory, for the purpose of grabbing a soul's attention and talking to them about the Lord. Amen. And making sure they understand the gospel and have a good, good understanding of things so that they can, can receive Christ and receive the blessing that he wants them to have. But as long as I've known her, she's done it by unction. She doesn't get the grand idea one day, well, I'm going to go do this. I'm like, no, if it's God speaks to her to open the door, then she'll go and do what he says do. And see, that's when it works best. When you wait upon the Lord and you're his handmaiden or you're his manservant and you wait for him to open that door and fill your mouth with words, that's the best, best to have. And that takes discipline, humility, takes respect in God. It takes when you, when you've done something for God, you make sure He gets the glory. You're, you're not boastful about it. You're not trying to get attention to yourself for it. All that kind of stuff. It's a discipline that we have to live under as believers. Amen. And He wants all of us to respond to His instructions in that way. Even though He places His power on us, we are able to do mighty exploits under that power. It's still not our power. Anybody who who is still under that delusion is just missing it. And I've seen people miss it all their Christian walk. They get excited about power and this and that, and they get carried away with the power and not with the one the power belongs to. And that's why they fail it. And most things they try to step out to do. It's It's really unfortunate. You know, you're missing it by that much, but that much is real big. You understand what I'm saying? That much is real big. And so we want to stay in that place of prospering in God. We want to stay in that place of renewing our mind continually. Yesterday we talked about the power of meditating on the word. Not just meditation, but meditating on the word. Amen? You know, there are Christians that that understand, you know, meditation, but they picked it up in the in the realm of of uh, uh, the carnal mindset. Just because you keep calling yourself wealthy every time you look at yourself in the mirror, that ain't bringing no money in. I know for a fact that don't help nothing. You don't call yourself nothing and then don't follow through and set your hand at some work. Hey. I warmed myself. <laughs> you know, I mean, seriously. 
and some work that God will honor. Some work he told you to do. Amen. Some work that brings him glory. You know, whatever it is that you want to, you desire that from God, set your hand to it and be consistent in it. Amen. Do it in hard times and good times and bad times. Do it when you see fruit. When you don't see fruit, do it when people respond. When they don't respond, just keep doing it. Amen. And, and God will begin to honor what you do. Just about the time we're, we're angry and upset and we want to quit. That's about the time God is ready to bless us. Huh? Well, I, okay, Pastor Barb, you know, I don't get angry at my job. Oh, know where you work. Amen. <laughs> you must go to heaven and punch in every money and punch out at night. Amen. You you are just being tested when you start getting upset with people. <laughs> Amen. God wants to see if you're going to stay there or if you're going to walk away from the blessing. Well, I don't see. See, you don't know. You don't know my situation. Listen, I don't need to know your situation. I know what God's word says. His word will correct every situation. Well, them people ain't right. You ain't either. (laughs) Who made you a judge over everybody? Oh, you mean just because you saved? Now you're able to judge everybody right and wrong? I got news for you. You're just learning what right and wrong is. Huh? God still blows my mind sometimes with stuff, and I hear him laughing. I said, God, you shouldn't have done that because now that's to mess my theology up. My theology I was all in love with. He said, that's what I'm trying to do, trying to get you to know me. He ain't theology. He's God. You got me? He'll mess your head straight up. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So to prosper really means we said to cause to thrive. I like that. To ha- to to have success, to bloom, to flourish, to render fortunate or farewell. Amen. So when you think about prosper, it it assumes that you're in some kind of activity. So that automatically implies that there's some activity going on that is thriving, that is blooming, that is flourishing. Amen. So, so when we talk about prospering, we're talking about not failing at anything ever. Amen. You're in a no fail covenant with God. Why? He'll cause your mistakes to be right. Huh? Yeah. You ever see that some of these people that, that, uh, 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 have some of these food fads that take off and everybody starts doing them? Now people are arguing about who started the buffalo wing, you know. I don't think you ought to argue about who started it. The question is, are you making any money off of it? 
care if you start it or not. I'll start me one. I'll jump in the middle of yours, but I don't need to take credit for starting nothing. You can't take start to the bank. Amen. This guy, bank wants something green. If it's green, you can take it. Make no difference who started it. But, but they say, I mean, some of the best dishes that are traditional dishes in restaurants started out either with leftovers or on the spur of the moment somebody threw something together, like the buffalo wing lady. Uh, some customers came in late at night, some friends of her son or something like that, and she just put some wings over and some hot grease, you know. And us southern folks, you mean you put no flour or nothing on them? They used to drop, drop them in there naked? Oh, my goodness. Pairs of thought. And she threw some hot sauce or something and put some some sour cream and celery beside it, and that was the dish. And they went crazy over it. Now, at that time, I mean, this was 40, 50 years ago, wings were not what you ordered when you ordered chicken when you went out. You had breast, thighs up with some meat on it. Wings were kind of like leftovers. Amen. So she took them leftovers and the chicken business has been booming ever since. Amen. Amen. And so God will take a mistake or a spur of the moment finger. He will prosper anything, folks. Don't play him cheap. Amen. He, he will do it. He'll put his stamp on it. He'll, he'll make sure one of his kids uh, gets involved in, especially one of his children's involved in it, you're guaranteed to prosper then. You just stick with it. Quit listening to the devil trying to talk you out of going forward. Amen? Because he'll do that. Why? He don't want you to have nothing. He don't want you to be alive. He mad because you living. So you know he won't, don't want you to have nothing while you're here. So you're going to have to fight him. Not people, the devil. Lay off of people. They are not your problem. If your problem still has skin on it, quit it. Huh? People ain't your problem. We gotta love people, folks. You know, there's no getting around that. You don't love people, your faith won't work, you're, you're nothing to work. And you'll be miserable. People who don't love are miserable people. Every t- every Christmas they have a play about the miserable person. Huh? Huh. Scrooge counting his pennies. He don't want nobody. He don't, he don't get nobody Christmas off. Little tiny Tim. He ain't going to be here next year. You know, he's just going to be his last Christmas. Scrooge don't care. Amen. So God shook him up one night. He woke up a different man. You got me? Anybody who don't love needs to wake up and be a different person. Amen? Know you're a different person. You're missing everything that life has for you. But you don't know my, I don't want to know your sad story. My goodness, another one? Well, we put you in the sad, oh, it's full. I was going to stick you in the sad story file, but the drawer is jammed. I can't even get it open. We don't have room for another sad story. We have room for people who are transformed. And the process of being transformed 
into what God created us to be all the time. Amen. Let the devil have your identity. Got to know who you are. You know, now, now more than ever, your identity is not what you do every day. Or, or, you know, your last mistake or your last whatever. Your identity is who God calls you to be. What does God tell you you are? Amen. You're redeemed. You're righteous. You're loved. You're accepted in the beloved. Amen. God loves you and that's all really that matters, folks. From that, everything else good grows in your life. But you gotta know it. You gotta know it every day. His love for you never changes, no matter how messed up, goofed up, crazy you act in. Amen. He probably sitting up there in heaven saying, watch, 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 watch her, watch her. I'm gonna get this money. Watch her, watch her, watch her. Told you. <laughs> I just love her though. I'm gonna get some more money. Huh? I tell you, a perfect daddy is better than a good husband. No offense to nobody in here. Lay off me. I'm just human. <laughs> trying, trying to preach the gospel. Amen. Just work with me on this, okay? Okay. No, a good husband say, baby, you have anything I got. We'll go out and get something. That's <laughs> Okay, Poppy, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done, Poppy. I'm done. I'm done. Order in the court. I'm really done now. So. No, no, that's when you find out what they really got. I don't know. I didn't need to go out and get nothing. I got, I got plenty. Oh, now we working. Now it's working. See, that's female trick number 929. You don't get there until you after 10 years of marriage. Come on now, girls. Huh? Yeah, the brothers always go for the bait. You call them broke, you'll find a last dollar. Okay, now I'm done. Ordering. <laughs> and you know this, man. <laughs> Amen. Amen. My poor husband, the worst thing he ever says, I don't let nobody have my last nothing. And it was like, oh, really? You have more? I thought I had it all. Taught me something. Yeah. So anyway, however, but, <laughs> but God is a good God and he does what he does in love. Amen. He's not coddling and, and encouraging bad behavior. He wants us all to be wise stewards. Amen. But he ain't broke and he ain't cheap. See, I, when I started reading on the prodigal son and reading the fine print, I said, oh, oh, Lord, I never should have read that. That excites me too much. Huh? When the son repented and came back, what did he do? He gave him his inheritance again. 
He went and blew everything. He blew everything he had coming to him. And when he repented and went more home, he got more again. See, that'll keep you from worrying about your financial misbehavior. But, I mean, do right. Learn how to be a good steward. It's less stressful on you. You don't want to live in that place where you always got to try to figure, I wonder if God's going to wonder, wonder. I done messed up now. I wonder. You don't want to live there. You want to live like the son who stayed in the house because he got the big end to everything. Amen? So that's what you want to do. So so we need to understand that that is because we've been estranged from God through sin, through iniquity, that relationship with him has to be restored. So really prosperity means that God is restoring relationship with us. Amen? To have a healthy soul or a prosperous soul or a healed soul means the mind of Christ is operating you in you in all things. Amen. You don't have any questions in your mind. You're not, there's not any big mysteries anymore. The God, you know that there's a ready answer available to you. You may not have it right now, but by faith, you know it's coming. You know God has it for you. And you know that he'll, he'll respond to your every single need. There is no reason that we should languish in a place where we're not sure. We can get sure by the word. And, and once you find the answer, stay with that and renew your mind to it until you own it, till you got it down pat, till you understand and are reassured that he will never leave you, never forsake you. He has good things for you. You're blessed of him. Everything about you is blessed. So soul healing is really a transformation process. In Romans 12, verse 1, the Bible tells us there are a couple of ways to go. One, you can be conformed to the world. That means you think like the world. The, you know, the, the you, you, you know, you stay on social media with TikTok all day long and trying to figure out how to go viral on stuff and, or you can get in your word. Amen. And understand what God has in store for you. Get the peace of God. Usually we're, our problem with, with things is not the things that, that we're upset about. It's how it disturbs us. If you can live in his peace and have that undisturbed composure about all things, you, you would spend less time brooding and, and thinking about lack and, and what you don't have and what you missed out on and this isn't right and you shouldn't have taken this turn or made that decision or anything like that. God can take your bad decisions and cause them to prosper very well for you. Amen. In fact, he likes doing stuff like that because that shows that he's God. There are many people he wants to get out on a limb, but they won't go out there. And you was crazy enough to get backed out there, so now you out there. So he got to prove himself God to you. Amen? He's God in the comfort of your recliner. He's God when you're out on a limb. He's God when you got your fresh acrylics on, and he's God when you bite them all off. You understand what I'm saying? Out of nervousness. So he's still God no matter what. 
Amen. So he wants us. This transformation process is extremely important. This is 100% of what we're here doing every single day. We are being transformed. And it doesn't happen all at, at one time. You know, that's, you know, little bit by little bit, your land is redeemed. The land now is not necessarily a physical land. It's the land of your soul. That's what you bring to the table. It's all broken and damaged and crazy thoughts and wild desires and all kinds of stuff. Well, God has to uproot some of that stuff and plant good stuff in so that that's your prosperity is is when the word gets planted in your heart and in your mind. Amen. You want it in your heart because your heart is the center of things. We talked yesterday about Proverbs 23, 7. He says, guard your heart with all diligence or out of the abundance of the mouth, the heart speaks. Amen. And, and your heart becomes the center of things because as you think in your heart, that's who you are. Amen. But it's got to be the word. Other than that, it's not real and it's not valid. God's trying to get out the old person that you used to be. And, and replace that person with the new person that he's created you to be, that you've always been. You know, we, as good as we've done in life, we've only been a shadow of who we are in Christ. You get the full picture. You're the fullness of who he created you to be once you come into his, his kingdom. And you've got to continue to grow in that through the renewing of your mind. So, so as you think in your heart, that's who you are. Your heart, not your head, your heart. Cause your, your head will change from day to day. Amen. You sit up and watch something long enough and that's who you'll be. You know, I used to watch Food Network and I said, I can do that. And no one, I ain't going to do, go no farther than right in front of that TV. That's far as, I mean, you know, the necessary cooking, but I'm not going to devote myself to all that kind of stuff that they do. You got me? You know, being in a hot kitchen, I come from a long line of women that's been trying to get out the hot kitchen. If if I may say that, understand what I'm saying. You know, people talk about sweating and stuff. I said, no, I gave that up. I don't sweat. I was very upset. When I got in my 50s and in early 60s and started to have hot flashes, I rebuked them bad. <laughs> Killed it right on the spot. I don't have him no more. Amen. You understand what you slap something enough, it ain't going to bother you. I jumped on that real quick. Uh-huh. You get serious about some stuff, you get rid of it. I was talking to the Lord one day. I said, God, I got so many little symptoms. I said, I'm just sick of chasing them down. I, I, you know, it's just so many of them. He said, so many for what? He said, you can't chase down these little, he said, they just little symptoms. 
He says, nothing big. He said, you keep chasing them down. He said, I have a purpose to all these little symptoms that keep popping up. You chasing down. You, you're tired of rebuking. Pain, get off of me. I told you yesterday, get off me. You're back again. Get off me again. Stay away. Don't come back. You understand what I'm saying? It's, this is a way of life to keep the, the enemy's power out of your life. You don't put up with it and, you know, make it your friend and give it a pillow to rest on and all that kind of stuff. You just keep challenging and telling it to go. Amen. So, so when your mind becomes renewed, that's when the transformation process takes place. Amen. God transforms us through the renewing of our mind. He sees our faith and, and when you start to reach out for healing, and you start to meditate on healing scriptures, you get trans, your soul gets healed first. The first thing that changes is you start thinking like a well person. It'll scare you sometimes. Amen. I was sitting one day and I, I was, um, I don't like to look at bills still. And I've been paying my own bills for like, <laughs> I know, right? And it's just a bad habit. You know, I would get that little tenseness on me and put the envelope over there and put it over there and put it over there and put it over there. Didn't want to look at it, all of that. And and I just thought one day, I said, why am I doing this? It's a habit. Some things are nothing more than habits. It has nothing to do with my reality right now. Amen. Um. It's some of these things God is trying to change the way we think about them, you know, in our, in our natural way of thinking. Think kingdom. Amen. You know, and I start saying, well, that ain't my bill. That's God's bill. Okay, Lord, I'm going to pay it when you know, you understand what I say. The money is there. You always give me money for everything. You haven't failed me in all these years and you're not going to start now. Amen. And I know I've been, you know, uh, loose and, and fast with the credit card. You know, I got two nieces, three nieces in college to live away from home. You know, uh, one of them got enough nerve to, to call. I'd send them something regularly. And one of them got enough nerve to call it a stimmy. <laughs> Like a government entitlement, you know what I'm saying? Just, just clock on. Where's Bob? Bob, I ain't heard from Bob. I'm looking for my stimmy. You understand what I'm saying? And, and so God expects me to keep up the stimmy. Listen, a good aunt is is better than a missing parent. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes because. Aunts, aunts, you know, tend to have no limit on. Their ability. We can't quit giving. You understand? That just ain't in the job description. So we got to be there for them. You understand what I'm saying? They get the discipline from the parents. See, your parents will call tell you, uh-uh, you came here. What'd you do with that money? Aunt can't ask you on any of that kind. We just, you do what you, am I right, Miss Pat? You keep shelling out the prayers, keep shelling out to this, shelling out to that. That's your job. It's an assignment from God, so you gotta keep up with it. 
So, so I gotta take that into consideration. You know, where I used to be able to take that money and do whatever with it, now it's earmarked for something different. You understand? And so God will, will change these things, but He, I'm telling you, He provides. He provides. He'd rather you be too generous than to have that, that, that other soul disappointed. You got me? You err on the side of generosity. If you're going to make a mistake, do it on the side of generosity, not on the side of, amen? It's just the way it is. And, and so, so, you know, uh, in considering those things, then he still provides. It's not like everything. See, it's what, whatever's in your heart to do. You don't have to check with God on every single thing. Does God, should I do this? And can you give me the money? Yeah, you can give you the money for that. Is it in your heart to do? Amen. When, when David asked Nathan the prophet if he should, should go up and do so and so and said, yeah, do whatever's in your heart to do. God's in your heart. Amen. You're here as God's servant. You're obeying God. And so he'll make room for that. We're not just on a restricted budget because we serve God. He owns everything. You gotta believe that every time you go to God, you gotta believe you're going to an unlimited source of wealth. And you're not there cause you're greedy. You're there cause you got bills sitting up there looking at you. The bills will start talking. You know, sometimes you need to just sit up and, and ask God, God, did you hear that? That bill talked to me. Pay me. Now, bills don't beg you to pay them. They've got that deep demanding, that big testosterone voice on you. <laughs> the bass with the echo, too, you know. Pay. You sit there shaking in your little seat in your, your little office, making out checks. Huh? You gotta have a big God to meet all that. Caesar want his money. And he ain't playing either. He talking about they hired 70,000, 75,000. They call them armed internal revenue service agents to come get your money in case you get slow about paying it. You got me? The Caesar ain't playing, honey. Cause the broker he is, the harder he is. Amen. Harder he is on you. So God wants us to turn all of that over to him. Just don't worry about Caesar. Go to sleep. I got this. Amen. What you worried about? Nothing. Amen. I got this. Amen. So as our minds are renewed, we're transformed. You are a totally different person than you were even yesterday. Amen. God sees our faith, and that becomes the substance of everything we need, healing included. Amen. He builds what we need from our own faith in him. That faith that you donate into the word of God, that you place in God's word and you defend that faith. You fight the good fight of faith. You fight off those thoughts that say God's not going to do it for you this time. No, devil, I got news for you. Just like he did it the last time. He going to do it this time. He's the same God. I'm the same cut up, mess up, but I'm working on it. Amen. 
I'm working on it. Amen. And God knows you are. Amen. So you have to desire to have these things. You got to desire to be well. You have to desire to be prosperous, to have a business that you, you can draw income and savings and investments and all of that stuff. You can build a life on that. You've got to want that. You can't halfway want it and halfway, well, if this don't work, you know, God, you don't say that if God's involved in it. Come on, y'all. What is that if this don't work conversation? If God's in it, it's working. It's working now that you're sitting there running your mouth and trying to be full of doubt. It's working anyway. What does he say? He said, when you lose faith, when you faint, when you get crazy on me, when you fall apart and wallowing in the floor, you know, you, at one time you said, I love you, Jesus. I worship you. And you know, your nails all done and looking nice. And then all of a sudden one day your little nerve sitting up in the middle of the rug screaming and crying with your hair standing up everywhere. You are just a, a horrible little version of your former self that loved Jesus so much. Huh? Well, if he loved you standing up worshiping, he loves you that little nerve down there. You got me? Still loves you. Gonna bless you. Gonna do what he says he gonna do for you. But he says when you get like that, that's called faithless. That little fit you, you in down there on the floor. Worrying, sweating, pacing around. Huh? You know, men are funny. Women just scream and cry and have a fit and just look ugly. Men jam their hands in their pockets and walk around and try to look like they're thinking of stuff. <laughs> Order in the car. <laughs> they try to look deep. Are you just letting it all hang out? That's called faithless. Huh? Women let you know they ain't got no faith and men try to make you think they still holding on. <laughs> but what, what does he say? He said, when you get like that, he said, I'm what? Faithful. Not cause he wants to do anything for you. Mm. Why is he, why is he remain faithful? Yeah, it, what does that mean? I can't deny myself the glory of letting this come to pass, even though you done fell apart. The recognition that everybody you told you were going to do this is waiting to see what happens. I can't deny I was your partner in this, and I was helping you there. You think I'm going to let this go to waste? This is a good opportunity for me. I can't deny myself the privilege of knowing, letting everybody know, I'm doing it anyway. Then they don't see you fall apart. Everybody knows your story more than glory. Huh? And they look and say, you mean to tell me God did that for her anyway? Yeah, he did. <laughs> her don't know how he did it either, why he did it. Amen? But he said, I can't deny. He said, I got to back my word up. My word was invested in your miracle, even though you falling apart and acting crazy on me. 
And guess what? I knew you was going to fall apart and act crazy on me when I told you I was going to help you with this. Huh? Come unto me, all ye who labor are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Whether we rest or not, he's still going to come through with it. Amen. All those people that I knew years ago who were praying against abortion quit. Did that stop God from canceling Roe v. Wade? That's what I thought. See, he can't deny himself. When he partners with somebody in something, he going to do that. Now, you can come along peacefully. You can kick and scream. You can doubt. You can wear that rug out where you keep walking back and forth. Or wear that rug out if you want to, but he's going to come through. Amen? Just will. And if you don't faint and totally quit, you'll you'll be able to receive it. And then you'll look back horrified at what you went through. I just can't believe I fell apart like that. And God had it for me all the time. Well, believe it. <laughs> Amen. Happens to the best of us, folks, and everybody. We all have our little fits of doubt and unbelief and falling on the floor thinking, oh, God, if you don't do it today, I don't know what's going to happen. I just, they just might have to call somebody on me. Huh? Been there, done that. Amen. So you have to desire the things. That you're asking God, that you're agreeing with God belong to you. Amen. God is your partner in all of your prayers and all of your requests and all of the things of life. He is your partner in those things. Amen. So as you think in your heart, that's who you are. You think yourself healed, you're healed. You think yourself wealthy, you're wealthy. You think yourself prosperous, you are. You will prosper in everything and not fail in anything you set your hand to. Some people who are are wealthy and own many businesses know that so well that they can pick up more than one business at a time and manage it perfectly. Why? Because they have this in them. They think this in their hearts and that's who they are. Sinners do that. There's some some well, very well wealthy sinners who have figured it out, and they don't doubt that they will be prosperous. Now, calamity hits them sometimes because they're sinners. They'll lose it because their wealth is laid up for guess who? And we scared about getting a paycheck every week sometimes. You understand what I'm saying? We play God so small. But you got to start small in order to get into the big dance. Amen? So this is where you start. You start with the small things, but you allow God to challenge you and advance you beyond that level because that's where he wants you to go. His His desire for you to prosper is unlimited. It's limited only by what you're uh, you're willing to believe him for. It's up to you to decide what you want to believe God for and believe and continue to build. Let God put ideas in your heart. Let him put them in your mind. Let him uh, come into your thoughts and plant ideas there that he will cause you to prosper off of. So we said the heart is the center of, of uh, who we are. Our thoughts and our feelings are directed there. 
Your heart really is your belief center, amen, or your spirit. The Bible says the spirit of a man is the candle of God, and God lights that up to show you the way. He deals with you and your spirit. Even though you receive the word in your hearing, you know, your mind plays a a really big part in whether or not it gets in your heart. Because it has to come through your hearing, through your ear, and your mind has to interpret it. So as you meditate on the Word of God, it will begin to challenge any thought that is contrary to it or that opposes it. So the way that you feel today about certain things can change drastically tomorrow by the application of the Word. See, this is why people should never get discouraged about when is it coming, what's going to happen. It can happen at any time. Amen. It's called conversion. This is this is what's happening to all of us in in our thinking. When we first came to the Lord, we didn't think like we think now, not even close to it. We were scared of everything, scared of God, scared to ask him for anything, scared to believe, scared to, oh, I can really do that. And we still with our mouth hanging open for 10 years. You know, <laughs> it's called staggering in unbelief. You know, you like in shock. Oh, God will do that. Oh, God, whoa, whoa. I, now I remember living like that. Everything to me was uh, an explosion inside a revelation, you know. Oh, oh, then I found myself telling other people the same thing. I said, God's going to heal you. Don't worry about that. He's going to heal you. And I, and I hear them words. I said, Lord, where'd that come from? Out of the abundance of your heart. Even though your brain is still pretty stupid, you know about a lot of things. Yeah, you know, we, we go into fantasy land so quick, it's just amazing. You know, uh, I was mentioning, you know, if I sit up and watch ice skating, I, I imagine myself out there on them skates. Now, can I stand up on them? Probably not. But I can lace them up, <laughs> Sherelle. I can lace them up. You understand what I'm saying? If I got enough faith to let that take over, then we own. Amen. But chances are it won't happen. Amen. All I can see after that is, oh, Lord, if I fall, how am I going to get up? Skates and all, take the skates off, crawl on the ice. No. Amen. So that little dream gets shattered, but you was dreaming. I was a figure, world champion, renowned figure skater for 15 minutes in my mind. Amen. Your mind will take you off a lot of different tangents like that. Amen. I, I fantasize a lot about revival and, and all of that. And a lot of it is God because I pray about those things. You understand what I'm saying? And, and so it, it's, it's just good to let your imagination be enriched in God's word. And the more you meditate it, the more real it be, it becomes grafted in your heart. And it becomes your heart's desire. My heart desires many different, much more different things now than it ever did. Amen. Things that that I know God approves of. A lot less me and what I want and more of him 
Amen. At, at least in a, a carnal respect. And so it, it'll change, folks. It'll change. The more you stay in the word, the more that, that transformation takes place. Amen. Um, when your spirit is quickened by the spirit of God, you receive the life of his word working in you. Amen. So the things we think about that are the word of God have life to them. So this is different than say like your average, um, uh, new ager, you know, them happy people, uh, you know, the, the global warming type people and, you know, hug a tree and environment and they love everything but people. Did you notice that? Well, if you didn't pay attention, okay. See, in order to love people, you gotta have Jesus. This is why they don't. Where's my water at? My water is too far back here. I gotta get my water up here where I can get it. Do you understand what I'm saying? All they can do is their affirmations. Every day. You know. I'm loved. I'm important. Now get me, get me straight here now. This, this, this isn't bad in and of itself. It's better than saying you're no good. You know, the things that you hear sometimes deranged people around you say about you. Saying you're, you're important and you're special and all that kind of stuff is better than just believing that. Puts you on the right road. But I'm going to tell you the road that will fix you up. And that is the road of what God says about you. Amen? You're redeemed. You're forgiven. Your sins are forgiven forever. That's very important. Because really the problem with the world is sin. Amen? So the reason that we're not just giving positive affirmations as believers is that Every time you talk, that word's got life in it. Amen? Every time you you say anything from God's word, it's got like, amen? It's got life on it. Their words are dead. They won't ever come to pass. You look at some of these people. Remember Tony Robbins? He was all getting people buying his tapes left and right. Huh? He, I saw him on YouTube almost begging. Cause his stuff don't work. It works for a minute and then it wears off. Cause there's no life to it. I don't care how many of his tapes you buy and you, you do your little mantra and listen to him over and over and get it inside your head. It ain't going no further than your head. And after a while, your head is bored. You don't understand why I used to listen to Tony Robbins faithfully. But I don't listen no more. Amen. There's no life there. Your soul is looking for life. Your soul is looking for something that's going to quicken it. Bring it to life. Huh? Put this in there. Make you know it's alive. Amen. And so that's the difference between what God's word says in in the heart of a believer and what just mental assent does. You just mentally on and over, over, over again. If you meditate on God's word, that word gets grafted in you. 
You keep thinking that you're healed by his stripes. Amen. I mean the whole word. Not just I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. You're healed by his stripes. Because see, your carnal mind, if you just keep telling yourself you're healed, your carnal mind will start questioning it. Your carnal mind will say, oh, really? What about that pain right there? Huh? So you got to honor the blood. you got to honor the work of Calvary in your confession. See, that's the difference between the Christian and the positive guy that's out there. Huh? He'll stay positive until he get a problem and then you see him at happy hour and he can't leave even when they close up. You got me? He said the difference is that you're, you're gaining life as you meditate on God's word. You're allowing thoughts, dead thoughts. Oh, so and so my family had this and my family had that and it runs in my family. Well, salvation runs in your family. You saved. You showed up saved. Now that let that run through your family. Deliverance runs through your family. Divine health runs through your family. Ain't you in there? Well, that's what's that's what's running through there now. If you talk about it, you know. Don't don't let your carnal mind click in the minute you get a symptom. And you're going to have to work at this, you know, because everybody's, your natural man is quick. See, these things that happen in the natural, your natural man thinks that he's taking care of it like he used to. And you never got any better. Amen. So your natural man, you feel the pain, your natural man will say, well, I wonder what, where that came from. Wonder what's, wonder, 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 wonder. See, this is, this is where, where you need to really believe that you're Abraham's seed. Huh? See, if you believe your daddy is Abraham and you've inherited everything that he had, Abraham considered not his body. Hmm? He didn't say, I wonder when I'm gonna feel younger or when, no, he didn't even consider that. Wonder when Sarah's gonna start, you know, whatever. <laughs> I don't want to go there, but you know what I'm talking about. You know, you're looking for signs of life and improvement. He didn't think like that. What do you think? He said, I'm gonna think what God told me. It's gonna happen. That's all we need to believe. It's gonna happen. It'll come to pass. Amen. The sooner the better for most of us. You know, I would always be kicking that in, God, immediately. <laughs> Let it happen now. <laughs> Let it come to pass now. I don't know how much longer I can hold out smiling and carrying on. Let it happen now. Amen. He knows what you're thinking. You might as well confess it. You want that like yesterday. And when it's money, we need it yesterday because we spent it in our minds already two weeks ago. And he loves us still. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Can my cutting up messing up? No. 
Can my squandering every, no. Can me not being faithful in my fight, no. We'll separate you. He means that. He's loved worse than you. He loved murderers. When God's involved, it comes to pass. <clears throat> you must believe it'll come to pass. Hebrews 4.12, God's word is quick and powerful, sharper than in a two, any two-edged sword, pierces asunder soul from spirit. It starts to separate out your carnal mind from your spirit man so that you can function 100% in the spirit. It's a freeing aspect of the word of God. It will cut away your your believing in something other than his word. It'll cut away all that mixture where one day we believe that we're healed and the next day we believe we're sick. Amen. It'll cut that away. Even though we say we're healed. You ever notice that when symptoms get stronger, we say it less. I mean, about everything. You know, when your finances get get funny, then they liable to get funny anytime. You know, I mean, the devil is good at spooking Christians. He'll just have, have somebody. He'll have the wrong numbers pop up on your your debit card. You go to get, you know, especially when you keep going going there checking and see what you got. You one of them kind of debit checkers? Oh, he'll mess with you every time you go in there. Mess them numbers up. Huh? Give somebody else's numbers. <laughs> I went there one time and said, minus somebody. I said, are you sure you want to do this transaction? I said, yeah! Let me roll the dice again, right? The old gambler starts coming out at you. Okay, minus 75. It didn't go plus this time. You understand? Whatever. I mean, you gotta be fearless, folks. You can't let a machine and some figures intimidate you. Yo, daddy's rich. You gotta act like it. Well, that went over big. I see. I don't know. I'm just trying to help people right here. You went to that thing with intent on spending some money, didn't you? Well, get it. It said minus. It said minus for a couple days. I said, oh, I guess it is minus. (laughs) I'm convinced. Amen. Whatever. But I'm still here, right? Didn't kill me. I didn't evaporate. I didn't disappear. Still here. Amen. So, so the word of God works through meditation. That same principle that people in the world use to try and get themselves happy or get themselves wealthy or get themselves, it's the same principle we use. Except God's word is alive and it will come to pass. 
So you should be operating with that assurance that when you speak the word, it's working. When you meditate on the word, it's working. You have to remind yourself that that word is working or else you'll lose confidence in it. You won't rely on it. You won't do it as often and you won't be as determined to receive what you need from God through his word. So that principle of meditation transforms you. Amen. From what? From doubtful to fully persuaded. From iffy to assured. From lacking confidence to confident. God, I got a prophecy and, and I just, it's hard for me to believe, you know, that you would do that. Amen. So it takes you from that meditating, takes you from that place over in a place of anticipation, excitement, fully persuaded, understanding that he's talking to you. Amen. Yeah, talking to me. Yeah, he's talking to you. Amen. And you can't bluff him out of talking to you about it. You ever try to scare God out of, well, God, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do. Because if you, if you tell me to do that, I'm just, I don't know. I'm scared I'm going to mess it up. He ain't scared of you. You've been messing up ever since he met you and before. You can't intimidate you. Him. If your number's pulled, your number's pulled for this job. Amen. And you're going to do it. And he's going to help you. You just got to get the fog out of your head and start thinking like a child of God. Quit thinking of like something else. Amen. Affirmations are different from, from meditating on the word. Affirmations have no life to them. They have entertainment value only. They distract and entertain people from, the, from their boring life, their hard life, their difficult life. Amen. You don't want that. You want power and love and a sound mind. That's what the word of God gives you. So it's different. The effect is totally different. So if we're sick in our bodies or have uh, symptoms in our bodies, healing words will make you think like a well person and will manifest wealth. What do well people do? They get up. This is why, this is why Jesus told people to do these things. He knows that if your soul can let go of being sick all the time and laying down there, then faith will take over and as you move in faith, it grows. Your faith grows when you move against what you always do in this situation. Amen. If you always crawl in the bed and, and you know, get upset and all that, keep walking around. Because that demon that consoles you and tells you, oh, girl, I don't know where you, I know how you feel, girl. I mean, this is this one's bad this time. I don't know if God himself can help you out of this one. Huh? Don't get in that bed of consolation. Don't get in that bed of self-pity and doubt and fear. Keep walking around. Amen. Even if you're wearing the carpet out, keep walking around and worshiping God and thanking him. God, I thank you that you are partnering with me in everything I do in life. And it's not my battle, it's yours. And you're going to come through for me because you ain't no loser. And you don't ever lose. Amen. So cast your care on him. Roll it over on him. 
See, the healed mind looks at what God says, what God can do, what God's promised. Then look at the circumstances. Don't care what kind of report they give you. That's not your, your frame of reference. That's not what you're drawing from. You're drawing from the everlasting word of God. You're drawing from the fount of eternal mercy and the well of healing. That's what you're drawing from. And it's never empty. You never hit the bottom. God never runs out of healing for us. Amen. Healing is eternal. I don't care what you had last time or what you have. Miss Jan had a minor stroke and you couldn't look at her today and tell her nothing was ever wrong with her. Totally restored. The word of God. She stays in the word of God. She didn't stop going because she had that episode. Amen. So, and there are people walking around that's had some and got lingering symptoms. What's the difference? Meditating on the word. Letting God stay in your heart real strong. Amen. Not giving up, not even having a thought that you're going to have any residual or you won't be able to speak well or lift an arm or something like that. No, that's not for me. I ain't what's in my Bible. Amen. And I'm taking what's for me. I'm taking my healing. Amen. Makes a difference, folks. Makes a total difference. So God's word is alive. It's full of power. It's not just a positive affirmation or a nice thought. That thing's got dynamite in it. A healing word will blast sickness out of you. Amen. Sickness can't stay in there with that word. Huh? The sickness has got to go. You stay with the word. Once you stay working with the word, you continue with it. I don't care how long it takes. Because it's working. You can't see it. You can't feel it. And that's a good thing because if you could see it or feel it, you'd probably stop it. I mean, you know, we just do stuff. Yeah, I wonder if that's, I think that's God healing me. Wonder what would happen if I said, this is, this is, See, we still a little nuts. Why God can't give us a whole lot. He can't tell you a whole lot right up front. Amen. We go a little bananas, at least little thing we get sometimes. Amen. You know, you got people on, on, on social media, get a prophecy. That's the worst place to display some good news God gives you. Well, sister, sometimes God says, <laughs> yeah, right. Get off social media with holy things. That is the most unholy place to ever. You know, unless God puts you on there and you can stay with the word. You know, I have to be careful sometimes with my little food pictures. My little vice of food. You know, I put it on there, people, that people love pictures and they love food. And I do too. So, you know, I put some on there here and there. But but less and less because I don't want to be identified that way. You want to be identified with somebody who's got some wisdom from God to share with people. Not just that tub of gravy I put on there. I shouldn't have had. Put all your guilt on there, right? I looked at that. I said, that's a shame. Look at all that gravy. You got half of it on the plate. You still got gravy in that. Got to be ashamed of yourself. But I enjoyed it. I blessed it and threw it down. So the word of God works by meditation. In meditation, the word washes your mind from iniquity, 
and a bad conscience. You know, if you're still having trouble with feeling guilty and bad about things you've done wrong in the past, you need to meditate on the fact that God cleanses us, purges us from all unrighteousness. He purges your conscience from dead works, your own past sins. I don't care how many of them you did. You're purged already. Accept the fact by faith that you're purged. And quit conjuring them up. Most of that is just us thinking up stuff. You know, you get in a, a place of of uh, peace with God and your mind will start to wander. Before you know it, you're thinking about somebody you threw an eraser at in third grade. Huh? It just goes there. So, no, uh-uh, that's a dead work. I'm not even thinking about that because if you keep down that road, you're going to be done done something else wrong in your mind. And you got, you've robbed yourself of peace of mind in God, which, which is a fertilizer for your future. The peace that's in your mind, the well-being, the prosperity, that's already there. When you have peace with God and your mind meditates on the word of God, that's a field that's ripe to plant good seed in. See, that's a prosperous field already. And what does the devil do? He reminds you of something stupid you did years ago. And then your mind goes, oh, God, please forgive me. I just feel so bad. Why? You forgive? You were forgiven of that so long ago? Quit messing with your own head. The devil's got enough for, you know, man, don't help him out. He got enough stuff to pitch you between your eyes with, you know. So, so we, we allow prosperity to come into our souls. Amen. You allow that fruitfulness in God to begin to grow. Let him show you thoughts related to things that you're doing for him. That you can do more. That you can engage other people in that process. That he'll make you a leader in some things. That he needs good leadership for. God always needs a fields or always he said, what, what's a prayer? Pray the Lord of the harvest to send laborers. God, that's me. I'm your laborer. Don't sit back and think about it for two days. You know, a good thought will come to us and we'll say, oh, maybe I should do that. No, no, maybe. You should have have said, yes, Lord, here am I, send me. The minute that thought popped in, you grab it and affirm it with, yes, Lord, send me. Don't be scared. Well, see, what about my job? And well, oh, boy. That'll be the first to go you keep putting it before that kind of thing. God gave you that job. Ain't that the job you slobbered and begged for for three months? The devil kept telling you it wasn't yours and God gave it to you anyway? Well, if he gave you that, he'll give you something else. But he needs right now yo. yes. He don't need yo. Uh, I got to think about it. He don't wait for people who got to think about stuff. You look at everybody Jesus approached and they said, Oh, I gotta go do this guy. He said, Let, he said, he said, my daddy just died. Let the dead bury the dead. <gasps> he said that about him, daddy. Daddy ain't even there no more. Now, if you want the truth about the matter, 
Daddy don't know nothing about nothing. Let dead folks bury dead folks. You got a chance to go with the living. Choose life. That's where Jesus is. He's in the realm of life all the time. He's not with this dead stuff. Now, I'm not saying don't go to your daddy's funeral, but if God is calling you, you might have to skip it. Not no might be willing to. Sometimes if you say yes, Lord, he might let you off the hook. But he wants your yes. One day he's going to come and cash that yes check you wrote to him. Amen. Do you understand what I'm saying? He's got to know he's first all the time, folks. He he ain't taking no second and no nothing. You start saying yes, Lord, and see if your your bank account don't change. The first time he mentions some of you think something, God, show me how to do that. I want to work for you, Lord. Show me, open a door for me to do that to, for somebody or give that to somebody or whatever it is. You start saying yes and see if your yes, no. And it may take God about 10 years to cash that yes check of yours. But he needs that check in his hand. Now that scared some people. I don't care. Are we done? Ms. Vicki, are we done? Yes. Thank you. All right. Praise God. Father, thank you for your word and thank you for understanding. Thank you, Lord, for blessing us to know you, to know you care about us. In fact, you love us more than anything. You've already proven it, Jesus. You took such tremendous humiliation and punishment. It's beyond. It's beyond even imagining how someone could love anybody that much, let alone his enemies let alone the whole world and still be gracious to us still loving to us even though we still make mistakes still are selfish in many ways all of that but you love us anyway because you know we need it so badly that's the answer for everything that's wrong in our lives is just more of you more of your love more understanding of who you are and how much you do love us so father we thank you We love you so much, Father. We love you, Jesus. We love you, precious Holy Spirit. We love you. And we bless you. And we praise you. In Jesus' name. Anybody needs prayer, I'll pray for you.